0: The 2023 results are in and we know as much about the performance of the top seven SVODs as the companies will tell us. But which is tops in ad-supported subs? Listen on to find out. This is N-Screen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at N-Screen Media, and today is February 29th, Happy Leap Day 2024. This week I'm going to round up the performance data for the top seven SVODs. Uh, All the companies that own them have reported their 2023 performance, the Q4 2023 performance, and we're going to talk subscribers, profitability, and significant moves for each. And we'll also look at new data showing which is tops in Avod users. But first, do you want to get up to speed fast on the connected TV platform market? Well, if you don't, you really should because... This is possibly the most important piece of software in the connected TV market. Uh, You need to take the new end screen media class, getting to grips with connected TV platforms, a primer on the gatekeepers of the CTV market. In just over an hour, you'll learn what a TV OS is, why it matters, the strengths and weaknesses of the big providers and where the market is headed. So, why don't you point your browser at endscreenmedia.com forward slash GTGW2 and sign up for the class today? That's endscreenmedia.com forward slash GTGW2. Now, back to the podcast. So, let's kick off our discussion looking at PowerMount Plus, PowerMount Global just reported its earnings. So we have a pretty good handle on how the company is doing. And according to Paramount Global, PowerMount Plus added 4.1 million subscribers in the fourth quarter of 2023. And that means that they've added a total of 11.5 million for the whole of 2023 and finishes with 67.5 million global subscribers. Now, unfortunately, Powermount does not tell us how many they have in the U.S. So this is a gross number and it covers all of the subscribers it has in the regions that it's launched, which include the U.S., Latin America, Canada, Australia, Europe and the U.K. That's what we know about the subscribers. Now the service isn't profitable yet. Yeah? Paramount Global's direct to consumer services lost 1.7 billion, yes, 1.7 billion on 6.7 billion in revenue in 2023. So that sounds pretty bad. However, revenue was actually up 473 million from 2022 and losses were down 156 million and in fact the company says it's now pretty confident that it will make its d2c services profitable by next year by 2025 and perhaps to help it get there a little bit quicker, it seems to be shedding itself of unprofitable services, or at least services which it don't think it doesn't think can help it get to profitability. It announced this week that it would close Noggin, its preschool kids' streaming service. Well, this service was started 10 years ago as a multimedia service and switched to all streaming back in 2015. So it's been around a long time. So we're sorry to see it go, but clearly PowerMath Global doesn't think it's helping its DTC prospects. Let's talk Max next. Warner Brother Discovery's efforts to make its direct-to-consumer services profitable seem to have paid off. Uh, for 2023, the company reported earnings of $10.1 billion, up 5% from the previous year. Better still... It turned a $2 billion loss in 2022 into a small, and by billions comparison, it was small, $103 million profit in 2023. It's also showed meaningful increases in the average revenue per user. That's the amount it earns from each of its subscribers. ARPU grew 7.6% in the U.S., in 2023, to $7.94 a month. International markets delivered a stronger gain on a much smaller amount. That is up 12% to reach $3.88 monthly. Disappointingly, US DDC subscribers declined by 0.6 million in the quarter and were down 2.6 million for the full year, and f- finished up down at 52 million international markets did a bit better where the company added 3.3 million ddc subscribers and now has 45.6 million now it's really difficult to know which service lost subscribers in the us since the company lumps max and discovery plus together but I have a feeling it is Discovery Plus that has lost subscribers because Warner Brothers Discovery has been nudging those customers to move to Max. And this idea is kind of supported by the increase in ARPU. Really, they didn't have any big increases, any 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 increases at all to the price of Max and Discovery Plus in 2023. Uh, so the increase in ARPU can be explained, I think, by people moving from paying $4.99 a month for Discovery Plus to paying $9.99 a month or more for Max. Remember, as regards subscribers, a Discovery Plus subscriber moving to Max is net zero because they add the two together, they count those two together. So that really suggests to me that it is Discovery Plus that has lost subscribers not max. Let's move on to Disney and look at Disney's three D2C businesses. Well, I'm afraid Disney's D2C services seem stuck in neutral point from the point of view of subscriber growth. Uh, Disney Plus globally finished 2023 with 149.6 million subscribers. Now that sounds great. Unfortunately, it's down 8% on where it was in 2022. So that's that's quite a big loss. Um, in the United States and Canada, it was down 1%. So pretty much unchanged at 46.1 million. And Hulu On Demand. Hulu, that was the one bright spot. It gained 4% of in subscribers and finished with 45.1%. Uh, And ESPN Plus, well, it's really stuck at 25 million. It gained just 1% to end with 25.2 million. Uh, Now, one of the ways that Disney is moving its services to profitability is it is using extreme cost cutting measures. It's taking content out of the services and it's cutting the amount of content that it makes. And while this is tough on you, the user of the service, it certainly seems to be having the right impact on profitability. In the last calendar quarter of 2023, D2C revenue was up 15% from one year ago. And yes, they did increase prices as well from one year ago. But more importantly, losses were slashed 86% from 984 million in the last quarter of 2022 to only 138 million one year later. And this really bolstered the company's claim that it will be D2C profitable in 2024. Now, Disney's made no secret that it is unhappy with its India streaming business. In many of the financial reports, Bob Iger, the CEO, has taken exception to the India numbers, moving those in reporting and discussing those India numbers separately to everything else. Well, this week, the company announced it has sold its majority stake in its Indian TV and streaming businesses for 8.5 billion. In fact, what it has done is it has created a joint venture with Reliance and Viacom 18 to handle the businesses. What does this do for Disney? Well, it gets to move all of those India streaming services off of its books. And that probably more than anything else will help it achieve D2C profitability in 2024. Now, let's talk about NBCU's Peacock. Well, Peacock is doing pretty well. It continued to grow faster than any other of the top 10 SVOD services in the US. It added 10 million subscribers in 2023. Pretty good performance. That's an increase of 48% over 2022. And the 31 million subscribers are also driving good revenue. Comcast President Michael J. Kavanaugh said... Uh, that the service was ending the year at 31 million paid subscribers at a $10 ARPU supported by healthy trends in both engagement and churn. And I'm excited for 2024. And excitement over 2024 could be justified, at least from the subscriber's perspective. Peacock will be the focus of NBCU's streaming coverage of the Summer Olympics in Paris. And we saw this year what a boon NFL exclusive um, NFL was to Peacock. Well, it looks like it could pull that trick again with the Summer Olympics in Paris in 2024. And Peacock will need a good 2024 because it lost a bunch. $2.7 billion in 2023, although executives seem pretty undeterred by the enormous loss. Jason Armstrong, who's Comcast's corporate CFO, suggested the losses were already moderating. He said... Ebita losses continue to moderate in the fourth quarter with nice year-over-year improvement, resulting in full-year losses for Peacock of 2.7 billion, which was slightly better than the expect expectation we had previously communicated, and it was only slightly. I think they'd said 2.8 billion, so not that big an improvement, but uh, an improvement nonetheless. And I think it's fair to say that Peacock is probably not expecting to be profitable in 2024. Maybe we'll have to wait there for 2025 or beyond for Peacock to get there. Uh, Unless, of course, the rumours of Peacock and Paramount Plus getting together come true. Uh, But uh, I'm not betting on that happening anytime soon. And finally, well, I almost don't need to talk about Netflix uh, but I suppose for completeness, we should. After an indifferent 2022, Netflix returned to strong growth in 2023. The company added almost 30 million global paid subscribers worldwide, with 13 million in the fourth quarter alone. It now has, get this, 260 million paying cu- customers, more than a quarter of a billion people subscribe to Netflix. Wow, who'd have thought that 10 years ago? EMEA stood out, adding 12 billion, an increase of 16% over 2022. Spence Newman, who's Netflix's CFO, commented that in Q4, it all came together in EMEA. Uh, He said the company delivered a great slate of content, which is important, but a lower price point for the ad supported plan allowed more people to enjoy the content. And I think that was the real big steal there in EMEA. United States and Canada was the weakest performing region, but it also did pretty well compared to previous quarters. It added 5.8 million subscribers, up by 8% over 2022. And Asia Pacific and Latin America also increased pretty decently at 19 and 10%. And particularly in the US, you have to say that page sharing really paid off for Netflix at the end of 2023 and looks like it's going to continue to do the same in 2024. But you know, them calling it paid sharing, that's really a misnomer. It's really the pursuit of people that are sharing passwords. And the truth is that not many people are actually paying To share their account, you can actually do that. You can add that to your account. It looks like what's happening is most of the sharers are getting cut off and forced to take out their own Netflix subscription. Uh, And once again, having that low cost Avod tier of Netflix is probably really helping big time. And talking of Avod, who has the most Avod subscribers in their subscriber base? Well, some new data from eMarketer that was put out in September 23 makes it really clear that it is Peacock. Apparently, Peacock, 79% of Peacock subscribers are actually subscribed to the ad tier. Second is Powermount Plus with 73%. Surprisingly, Hulu is third with 68%. Remember, Hulu was introduced first. Um, in fact, I think Hulu was introduced only a couple of years after Netflix and has been around a, quite a bit longer than both PowerMount Plus and a lot longer than Peacock. But it is in third with 68%. And the newcomers on the block, well, Disney is 23.5% max 28 20.8 percent and netflix at a tiny 7.5 percent and you might be asking yourself why is netflix so much smaller than disney plus well it's all in how the two introduced the server the ad supported tier remember disney turned its lowest tier that had no ads it just added ads To that tier, forcing people who wanted to continue to watch ads to pay a lot more. Netflix, on the other hand, introduced a low cost tier that was, I think, $4 cheaper than its first ad free tier at the time. So basically, people had, if people in Netflix didn't make any decision, they continued to watch with no ads. They had to make a decision to watch with ads, whereas in Disney Plus, they had to make a decision to watch without ads and pay more. And I think that made a huge difference in the acquisition of ad-supported viewers. And finally, you'll know I didn't mention Amazon Prime Video. This could be a big error. Parks Associates has the service as the number one SVOD in the US. But I'm just not comfortable talking about prime video when we're talking about services like netflix peacock paramount etc where people are being asked to subscribe specifically to the video service most if not all of prime video users didn't explicitly sign up for the site they signed up for prime and i think that makes a huge difference in the way that we should treat prime video but I do actually keep an eye on Prime Video if you want to learn more. I have just written a new piece uh, and that piece is really looking at the impact of the addition of ads to Prime Video on the connected TV business. So why don't you come to the Endscreen Media website, look on the analysis tab and you'll find a piece called Will Streaming TV Revenue Exceed Traditional Pay TV in 2024? And while you're there, why don't you sign up for our free newsletter? This has been Colin Dixon with End screen Media, and I will speak with you next time. This podcast is the property of N-Screen Media, all rights reserved.